the idea here is that we're moving in the direction of the sales cycle happening on the social platform and these instant experiences are a big step in that direction and they will only get more sophisticated and more robust and now is the time to begin adopting and leveraging them in your advertising campaigns. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hello and welcome to episode 174 of the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is Ralph Burns and I'm here today with my co-host Molly Pittman, as well as a very special and returning guest to Perpetual Traffic. I believe the most returned and asked for and requested guest here on Perpetual Traffic ever. That means you, Ryan Dice. It's not you, but it's Ezra Firestone. Ezra, happy to have you on your third Perpetual Traffic episode here and psyched to be talking about some really cool holiday stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love Perpetual Traffic. I'm super stoked to be here. I will come anytime you guys invite me. Um, (laughs) Man, traffic is like always the most exciting thing, you know? We think so. But in all honesty, we were saying this before uh, we actually started recording, is that Ezra is right now, sorry, fellow internet marketing, digital marketing people out there, Ezra's the only actual email sequence that I have not unsubscribed from. So, <laughs> sorry, Frank you, Kern. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you know, the thing about sending people emails is like, I am so careful to just put out like what I think is really great value add content and then occasionally once every six weeks or so, Hey, I got something you might be interested in to buy, but like I'm trying to build a group of people who follow my content because they like it, not because I'm trying to sell them something, you know? Yeah, totally. Well, you bring it on email for sure. You get two awards today, the email award and the most frequent guest on perpetual traffic. Hey guys, Darren here, the producer of the show. And this episode, which you're going to love, by the way, is brought to you by Digital Marketer. So our mission at Digital Marketer is to double the size of 10,000 businesses by 2020. On our platform, we provide training for every aspect of the industry, powerful tools to equip you to succeed, and a community of experts that will help you find the answers that you need. So whether you're an entrepreneur, an agency that helps others cultivate an online presence, or a member of a marketing team wanting to advance your skill set, we are here to help. We have plans ranging from completely free all the way to certified partner level. So come and join the world's most engaged community of marketers and business owners. Go to digitalmarketer.com and get stuck in. All right, back to the show. So we've noticed a couple of new trends or maybe not new, but within the last three to six months, as far as creatives go, as well as the new ad form that I know you, Ezra, we just mentioned this before we started uh, recording. You've been getting some really good results with, which we just wanted to give you, the perpetual traffic listener, a little insight into things that are happening now and what some of the really highly scaled advertising accounts like Boom by Cindy Joseph, as well as a lot of the other brands that you have. What stuff is working right now? What have you noticed with Facebook with regard to creative and ads and everything else? For sure. So before I jump into the creative conversation, I want to talk about where I think things are going specifically for physical product, direct response, e-commerce advertisers. And I sort of coined this term, integrated social commerce. And I believe that over the next five years, I started talking about this about two years ago, and it's sort of, it's not quite come to fruition yet. But what integrated social commerce means is that my viewpoint is that commerce will be happening integrated into the social experience and that 
e-commerce product offer pages and websites, the way that like desktop traffic is going down and mobile traffic is rising, like on any given e-commerce store at this point, about 85% of the traffic is going to be mobile. It's still about 50-50 from a revenue perspective, right? Even though desktop is only 15, 20% of your traffic, it's still worth half of your revenue. But the way that mobile is coming up, I think that what is going to happen is that the where purchases are actually happening are going to be inside of social applications. So literally from the Facebook newsfeed, you will see an advertisement for a product that maybe you're interested in. You will click on it. It will pop up a little landing page, which is known as an instant experience, which we're about to talk about, formerly a canvas ad, in the inside of Facebook and there will be a buy button and you'll click buy and you'll be able to pay with Apple Pay, Amazon Pay, Google Pay, or any other kind of payment method. And the entire shopping experience and the entire purchase cycle will be happening inside that social app. It's called integrated social commerce and Shopify has really sort of paved the way. And what they've done is they've done some payment integrations with Pinterest, with Twitter, with Facebook. Now they're not fully developed. The technology is not quite available yet. I mean, you can do it, but it's not like seamless at this point, but we are noticing, and this is where we're getting to what we were going to talk about, which were these canvases and instant experiences that the traditional e-commerce sales cycle, if you look at like 90% of the successful e-commerce advertisers today, and you look at all the sales funnels are out there, this is what the traditional one, the most common one looks like. A video advertisement on a social platform like Facebook, like Instagram, like Pinterest, like YouTube, that leads directly to an e-commerce product offer page where someone then checks out. That's like traditional sales funnel. That's what most people are doing. That's the Dollar Shave Club model, right? Viral, compelling, educational, informative, engaging video that leads to e-commerce product offer page, right? That's like traditional. Now, what we are going to start seeing and what we have already started seeing with Canvas is And the way that I do it, by the way, I do the more digital marketer model, the more direct response, sort of longer form sales process where I go from an advertisement, an image ad, a carousel ad, a video ad, and I'll break down for you what I think about each of those ad units and how much of your budget should be going to each one of those for e-commerce. But I'm using image ads, carousel ads, video ads, all kinds of ads, right? I link to a pre-sell engagement landing page that then the user has to go through. They have to read it, engage with it, consume the content, and go through it to actually get to my e-commerce product offer page. So I'm sandwiching an article between the ad unit and the offer page. Well, you can think of Canvas ads, which are what most people know about them, but they're actually now called instant experience ads. It used to be that you could only leverage them for certain campaign objectives, and now they work with almost every campaign objective, these instant experiences. They used to only work with things like dynamic product ads. Now they work with everything, which is now known as catalog sales. And it's also changed the name to dynamic ads. But my point is that what these instant experiences are, is they are a mobile optimized landing page, or you can think of it as pre-sell engagement page that is sandwiched between your Facebook ad and your offer page, but is hosted on Facebook. So Facebook has noticed, as has Google, that the faster the mobile offer page loads, the better the results for the advertiser and for Mm -hmm. the consumer. And so they claim that their instant experiences, formerly canvases, load 15 to 30 times faster than a traditional landing page that an advertiser would be sending a user to. And so inside of these instant experience ads, you can have a number of different sort of objects or assets. You can have images, you can have videos, you can have text, you can have buttons, you can have catalog of your products. So you can kind of build a sales page essentially that sits between your video ad and your product offer page. And 
I believe that this is the direction that e-commerce is headed, which is the commerce experience happening within the social platform. And this is one more step in that direction. And it's super early days. So it's very cheap to get traffic to instant experiences ads. And now when Facebook changed from canvas to instant experience, they also automatically connected your Facebook pixel to the instant experience. You have to do no additional settings. And now if you have an ad, like a video ad on Facebook that a user clicks and it pops up an instant experience, which is a mobile landing page that you built inside the Facebook ads manager that loads super fast, that has a collection of assets like images, videos, buttons, etc. When that thing pops up, that is automatically connected to your Facebook pixel. And Facebook will now allow you to create audiences that you can retarget of people who opened the canvas, of people who clicked the instant experience. And one last thing about it is you can now import your own pixels into that canvas or instant experience. You can put your Google Analytics pixel in there. You can put your uh, hot jar. You can put a bunch of pixels in these instant experiences that are not Facebook pixels. So the gist of this, I know I just rambled and I used a bunch of lingo and I talked really technical, but the idea here is that we're moving in the direction of the sales cycle happening on the social platform and these instant experiences are a big step in that direction and they will only get more sophisticated and more robust and now is the time to begin adopting and leveraging them in your advertising campaigns. Now, yes, they are only mobile traffic, but that's okay because 80% of your traffic is going to be mobile anyways, right? To start playing with these because where we're going to see over the next couple of years things go specifically for e-commerce retailers is more and more of the sales cycle happening within the social platforms and more platforms like Google will roll this out the same thing where they'll have their own optimized sort of mobile offer pages that pop up that you can edit. Think of even messenger in itself, you know? Yeah, totally. It is this in a way. Yeah. As we're just three quick things, I couldn't agree more. And I just want to emphasize the reason that things are going this way isn't because we're deciding that as marketers or even because the technology is deciding that these experiences are easier for the end user, right? It's so much easier for a canvas or instant experience to pop up. You don't have to go over to someone's website that might not be mobile optimized, could be a complete disaster, right? People want things fast. They want things instantly, right? It's why they renamed it the instant experience. So keep that in mind. And then two quick examples to emphasize what you said, Ezra. Actually, yesterday we launched a campaign for a client and I checked on it today and I noticed that the lead cost was higher than I expected it to be. Well, I immediately noticed that the conversion rate on the landing page was 17%. It's normally about 35%. So I realized that the issue was the page. Something had happened technically and the page was taking like four seconds to load. Once we fixed that, our conversion rate started to go back up. So just an easy little test to show you how important that page load speed is and that you're overcoming that with this instant experience, right? And also, Ezra, with the work that we're doing inside of Train My Traffic Person, which is a 12-week mentorship, if you guys are interested, head to trainmytrafficperson.com and and enter the wait list. You'll find a button to do that. Train my traffic person. Train my traffic. TMT. TMTP. <laughs> but inside of this course, Ezra and I are using one of his brands, Be Friendly, as an over-the-shoulder example. And you know, this brand was built for Amazon. So this is some of the first real stuff you guys are doing on Facebook. We've literally never done anything. <laughs> spent, I think like $300 before you got in there. Yeah. Or something like that. <laughs> And 
of course, the first campaigns that we launched didn't necessarily hit our goals, but I looked back and the main issue was the conversion rate on the site, right? Absolutely. And of course, then you told me about this pre-sell article you have. Now I'm going to use instant experiences. So guys, your messaging can stay the same. You're just changing the medium of delivery because it's easier for that end user. So don't think of this as a shiny object. This is just a very natural transition into different technology. I mean, if you think about your e-commerce product offer page in terms of the assets that are the most important on there, there's your headline, your subheadline, your product image carousel, your product image ownership benefit sales video, and then any supporting copy and a call to action button. I mean, that is all buildable inside of Facebook's instant experience. And frankly, I would argue that on average, it's going to look better, load faster, and be more compelling than what you might build on your own website even if you're using all the same assets. Totally. Even if you've got a totally mobile-optimized website. And we were just talking about this an hour ago on the Tier 11 agency call. And if we could actually get the customer that we were troubleshooting to compress their images, they would actually have real clicks coming through from their ads as opposed to only half of those clicks actually loading and firing that landing page view part of reporting, meaning that they're clicking on the ad, but only about half of the people that are clicking on our ad are actually getting to the page. The page is actually loading. This is a huge deal. And we've also got customers that don't have mobile optimized websites, the same sort of thing. I do say this though, before this was renamed Instant Experience, the Canvas stuff was always hard for maybe non-creative, non-design people to create. But now there's templates with this thing. And now you don't necessarily need to think of like, oh, how am I going to do this? We would always sort of do it. And we've been using Canvas for a couple of years now with really good effects, especially in mobile. And we know there's going to be a lot of mobile traffic, a lot of our supplement brands, a lot of our beauty brands, et cetera. But the point is, is that we always had sort of this sort of stopping point when it came to creative and design. Yeah, it was funky before. For yeah. sure. It looked like a website. Like when those first launched, you opened the canvas, it literally looked like a website or like a spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> now they're small. They're like the mini sites that you've been talking about as totally. and that's, that's totally. the purpose of them, right? Like when they first launched good concept, but the delivery wasn't there. I think this change is huge. And just really quick as before you continue, we can't forget as media buyers, the relationship between your traffic campaign and the page that you're sending traffic, right? So for example, those Be Friendly campaigns, Ezra, our CPA goal was $66. We had one at 50, one at 80 something, one at 100 and something, and one that was just off the radar. But if you think about that, I think the conversion rate was about 1%. What if we doubled or tripled that, right? Just the conversion rate on the page or just the conversion rate by adding this instant experience, right? You double, you triple that conversion rate. Now my CPA has just been cut in half, right? Yeah. Or a yeah. third. And I didn't touch anything on Facebook. So, you know, there's a lot of talk. Facebook gets more expensive or targeting's hard or, you know, relevance score. You know, all of this is difficult. Yes, but don't forget that you also really 
really have to optimize that experience after the click. They go hand in hand. Yeah, absolutely. And a couple quick sort of technical notes for these instant experiences if you're going to begin to play with them. And I will actually do some screen grab videos that you can post on this podcast article page. Digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Yes, I will put some videos of the instant experiences we're running so you can get a sense of them. A couple technical notes. If you use a video advertisement that is going to click to load the instant experience, do not have the first asset in the instant experience also be a video because you'll get duplicate audio overlap in certain cases. So if you're going to use a video advertisement that's going to click to load an instant experience mobile landing page, make sure that the first element within that landing page is not a video. Second thing is you can now embed Facebook lead forms or lead ads inside of the instant experience, which is kind of cool if you're looking to do lead generation. And we've been toying a lot with this in Zipify and Smart Marketer and Boom, having some fun with the lead ads. And I will tell you, On Boom in particular, I'm running one lead ad right now and I'm generating email leads, highly qualified, highly relevant email leads for 14 cents an email lead as opposed to $3 when I was doing ads to my landing page just because I'm getting that traffic. Facebook wants to encourage these ad units, these lead ads, these instant experiences where Facebook is controlling the customer's journey as they engage with your offering. And so I think it's a good time to begin playing with these. And the easiest way to have success with instant experiences is to implement them into your retargeting strategy. I think on the top line, you're going to struggle a little bit if you don't already have some top line traffic that's working. So I wouldn't necessarily begin playing with them from an awareness advertising perspective. I would probably roll them into your campaign in retargeting and loyalty where you are much more likely to see success with them, get familiar, and then start playing with them on the top line. Have you found it effective with any depth of traffic specifically? People have engaged with your page or maybe clicked a link for some of your pre-engagement content or viewed content, viewed product page, add to cart? Yeah, I think that a place we're using them is for loyalty. So after people have bought, it's great because if they've bought one product and not another, we can have an image or a video about that product that then clicks to open more information about it and content about it. And then we can retarget people who opened the instant experience or who clicked it. So we can do that on the loyalty side and it's really powerful there. Mm -hmm. And we're also using it for folks who like visited a product. And I mean, we're also using it on the top line, right? Like I'm running straight up top line awareness ads because one of the things with e-commerce, as much as my viewpoint is Never send someone from a creative asset, like a video ad, directly to a product offer page. I believe in sending people to content to get them to consume. That way my sales funnel is elongated and I can follow up with people who consume the content and didn't get to the product, etc. So I end up with more funnel event segments or more retargeting buckets because I elongated the sales funnel and sandwiched an article between my advertisement and my product offer page for e-commerce. As much as I believe that that is the way to do it, Facebook has convinced me as of late that I should be running dynamic product ads, which are now called dynamic ads, and instant experience ads on the top line just to get people who might be interested in buying directly over to the product page. And now about 15% of our ad budget is being leveraged for awareness advertisements that take someone from a product carousel right to a product page or a video ad to an instant experience to a product page. So we are now leveraging for the first time the sales process of taking someone directly from an asset that they saw on Facebook, either filtered through an experience or not directly to our product page, because Facebook is saying, hey, look, you know, we are a buyer engine. We are a comparison shopping engine. And we can tell, you know, who would be interested in purchasing these products. And you should have some level of your budget towards that type of sales funnel. So 
we are using it for awareness too. It's just a small percentage of our awareness traffic. That is good stuff. Yeah, Ezra. And what's great, I think testing lead ads over the last few years, one of the issues is that the consumer doesn't have a lot of context about what they're giving their information for, right? Because you see an ad and then you click and you've got some pretty vague information and then Facebook's pre-filled, you know, some personal data, right? That can be pretty scary. So it's really cool to hear that you're having success, instant experience with the lead ad because that experience allows you to provide more context. So if you guys have tried those in the past and they didn't work, try them again using this strategy. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And I would reiterate that is that there are certain cases, especially if you've got an older demographic, what we found for lead ads is that they get freaked out by their information being pre-populated. So it's almost like you need to soften them up a bit with some kind of pre-engagement content and instant experience is a great way to test that. We're going to start testing that like ASAP. So like, for example, I know we've talked about lead ads on a few episodes here. And I think we used an example about a dentist giving away a free teeth whitening. uh, Mm -hmm. And you opt into the lead form, you know, in exchange for this. And then, you know, their office called, I actually had this experience, they called me to set up the appointment, which was cool. But they could have used, you know, one of these storytelling templates in here for the instant experience and, you know, had a video of their office or Mm -hmm. someone's teeth being whitened, you know, just to give some more context. So that sparked my mind there. Absolutely. You're so right about that. And I know we were supposed to talk about the holiday, but it's like, this is, I would argue more important because it's in alignment with the direction that advertising is moving, which is more of the sales process is happening on these social networks. And if there's the opportunity to leverage an asset that has more of your sales process happening while the person is still in social, it's good. Right. You should do it. It's the equivalent of when video ads came out and we started to be able to track consumption of the video and follow up with the person, right? Totally. And again, that's because where the consumers were going, right? Most people shifted to video content. Facebook built the technology and then we as marketers moved with them. But just to reference Messenger again, you know, this is why you're seeing, you know, Shopify integrations being built so that we can do payments through Messenger and, you know, provide a sort of instant experience. So I think that's so cool. Yeah. One thing to add to that too, is if you see this on the Instagram placement as well, and we've been talking about this for quite some time, waiting for it to come over to advertising is Instagram shopping. And Instagram shopping is only right now, you can't put you know ads behind it as of yet, but the same sort of thing that we're talking about here, being able to tag individual products and then click and go right to the product page, exactly what you're saying, and giving people an opportunity to buy And so many people, what is it? It's either 50 or 60% of people who discover a new brand, discover that brand on Instagram, which is amazing. So it's crazy. Like these channels have actually become shopping channels. So yes, use pre-engagement content like Edge was talking about here. Obviously, you know, think through your customer journey as much as possible, but always give them an opportunity to buy because you just never know. And, you know, as soon as Instagram shopping comes to the advertising platform, it's going to be even more disruptive there because we're seeing such great results right now with Instagram stories and just Instagram as its own platform because of that discovery element of new brands. Perfect for something, you know, maybe you have a product or a service that nobody knows about. Well, 
Instagram is a great place for people to discover it. It's almost like the new Facebook. And we see such a sort of a shift from Facebook over to Instagram, especially because Facebook has become a little bit more political, a little bit more serious. And they're going over to Instagram to find sort of more of an escape, you know, shopping, fun, you know, cool stuff over there. So we're seeing that as becoming a larger and larger portion of our overall ad spend, which right now is about 10 plus percent of our total spend on a regular monthly basis. And for Facebook, it's now about 16 or 17% of their total revenue. So the same types of things we're seeing in that separate placement and super exciting stuff. And I, I agree with you, Ezra. It's like this stuff is going to become even more and more immersive. The platform sort of doing the heavy lifting for you and doing it inside the platform itself. Absolutely. And that kind of brings up the like if you just look at it from sort of a bird's eye view, what you want to be doing is making sure that your pixel is active across every engagement that's happening, right? Our whole strategy is track user behavior with the pixel and follow up. You know, they watch 25%, 50%, 75%, or 95% of the top line video that we're running, show them something different based on that. They click the video over to the article page and they stayed for top 25% or top 10%, show them something different based on that. They click from the article to the product page, et cetera, et cetera. And so just making sure that like your Facebook pixel is active and tracking everything that's happening so that you can follow up appropriately. Yeah, without a doubt. And for more information on Ezra's overall strategy, we actually have done this in a couple of different episodes here, Perpetual Traffic. Go back to episode 17. I don't think you actually talked about video way back then. That was like article boosting. Yeah, we were doing image ads. That was before video was a thing, you know? Yeah. And then you started talking about it on episode 63. Episode 63 is one of the best perpetual traffic episodes. If you're selling physical products, go back to that one without a doubt. And then we talk about it all the time here with the Ecom ad amplifier, which was on episode 145. And that's how we actually break down all the individual levels of traffic based on depth of engagement inside your site, as well as on the platform itself. Exactly what you're talking about. You know, if you've got a five minute video or a three minute video, a 25%, 50%, 75% video view, each one of those audiences is slightly different engaged based upon where the product is placed and utilizing sort of an overall holistic strategy to monetize every click, every dollar that you spend on Facebook. And they're making it easier and easier for e-commerce companies in general, Ezra. Wouldn't you agree? A hundred percent. I'm going to give a little bit of technical information for people who are interested in playing with instant experiences and lead ads and Facebook forms. My experience has been that the most sort of friendly place to begin experimenting with creating these assets is to actually go to your Facebook fan page while you are logged in to your business manager or ads manager and select publishing tools from your Facebook fan page. And when you select publishing tools from the fan page, you will see all of the different sort of assets and tools that you have available to create assets that are connected to that fan page, your posts, your videos, your jobs, your branded content, your lead ad forms. So you can actually go in there and create forms. And then also at the very bottom, there's the instant experience slash canvases and you can 
pre-create these canvases here rather than trying to do it in the ads manager while you're building out an ad. It's way easier to have the time and space and ability to manipulate and play with the instant experiences. And then just when you're building out your ads, actually select one that you've pre-created. I've found it to be way easier. So from your Facebook fan page, click on publishing tools, scroll to the very bottom of the left menu, and you can see your instant experiences or canvases that are connected to that fan page. And you can create them from there. And it's better than doing it in the ads manager. That's awesome. Are the templates in there as well? Because we've only done it inside the ads. So the the templates are not in this place. So if you're going to use one of the predefined templates, then you can do it from the ads manager. I'm building out custom instant experiences. So maybe if you want to split test, you know, one of the predefined templates versus a custom one that you build out. And the other thing is, if you don't have, and this may be a bug only in my ads manager, but if you don't have in the builder within the ads manager, you can't put the lead forms in. For me anyways, you can only put the lead forms in when you're building them yourself from the publishing tools for your fan page. Okay, got it. So as far as instant experience in general, have you found more image-based? I mean, obviously for your brand, you're in the health and beauty space, but you're also, you teach people how to do this as well. What sort of format have you found works best because you're doing customized instant experiences as opposed to just using the templates? Is it more image-based? Like what's the, give people maybe a little bit of insight as like what percentage of images and video and copy is the best way to do that? Let me tell you about what is performing the best as the asset that loads the instant experience. Because you have to think of this in two steps. You have to think of it as your initial creative asset, which is your normal ad unit, right? Like you're used to image ad, carousel ad, video ad, et cetera, right? That stays the same. And then when someone clicks that, instead of taking them to a landing page, it loads an instant experience. So if you are looking at for us currently, what initial asset that loads an instant experience, like for example, I have one ad set that I'm looking at right now that has five different ads in it that are all loading the same instant experience. One of them is a carousel ad. One of them is a single image ad. One of them is a video ad. And the other one I have labeled traditional carousel. And what it is, is it's basically, there's two types of carousels. One is the type of carousel that has a banner image at the top. And I'm gonna have to show pictures of this with three tiny images below it. And it's when you're inside of Facebook ads, you actually select, it's called collection. Are you familiar with that ad format? It's called collection. Okay, so the collection ad format is one type of carousel, but then there's the traditional carousel unit that is like three or more images that can be images or videos, right? Could be image, video, image, like it's got text above it. And then it's just three individual images or four images that end with your profile image. Are you familiar with that ad unit? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So that traditional carousel ad unit that is some text and then three or four images, square images that you can scroll through is performing the best to load the instant experience. And for us, just so you know, we have it as image, video, image. Those are the three things that are in that traditional carousel. We've got one image and then we've got a little one minute video and then we've got another image in that three part carousel. And then we have a fourth thing that is kind of our profile picture that you could click, right? Anywhere you click, any one of these images in this traditional carousel that you click will open the instant experience. Now, the instant experience that we are leveraging that is performing the best goes like this. Image with headline on it. So the first block in the instant experience is a photo block, right? So we upload a photo. That's the first thing the user sees when they look at the instant experience is a photo. But this photo has a headline on it. So it's a picture of a product, but it also has a value proposition layered over that picture. Okay, that's the first asset. The second asset 
is a headline of text and it says create the look of happiness with boom. So we have an image that has a text on it and then we have a headline of text. And then we have a carousel asset in this instant experience where we have four images of the products in question. And the thing to remember in your instant experiences is you want to use images that are sized for Instagram, 1080 by 1080, because people are looking at these on mobile phones. And so if you use a horizontal image or a 1200 by 626 or whatever Facebook is, it's going to get cut off in the instant experience. So in your instant experiences, when you're building them out, make sure that the images that you're putting in there are Instagram sized square images, one by one ratios. So to recap, we have a carousel ad unit that loads an instant experience. The instant experience has a photo, then it has a headline of text, then it has a carousel. And then we have our products from our store connected to our Facebook catalog, which allows us to have a product set inside of our instant experience, which dynamically loads a few different products. So we then have what's known as a product set where we have four products that are loading dynamically, much like a dynamic product ad would load a bunch of products, right? So we have a product set that we created that is four specific products, our top four bestsellers that are loaded inside of this instant experience. Underneath that, and I will actually show a video and image of this in the podcast notes. Underneath that, we have a one minute video, which has a headline and captions actually edited into the video file. And then at the very bottom, we have a call to action button. So just to recap the assets, if you were to copy this exact instant experience setting, the assets in this instant experience are a photo, a text asset, a carousel of images, a product set, a video, and a button. And that is loading from a traditional carousel ad unit. And that is the most winning combination right now. Wow. That's very cool. Awesome. I have this template built and I'm going to use it. (laughs) (laughs) Molly's already created like a campaign in the last two minutes. Yeah. You know what I found is that like the cost of this was really high the first like three days and then it kind of had a chance to optimize down and now it's like performing well. So I wasn't getting good results like the first couple days with this particular setup, but now it's starting to perform much better. Do you remember how you tested it? So, you know, you're obviously testing multiple ads in an ad set. So is this incident experience just one of those variations? So this campaign I have named instant experience top line test. And I have set my budget at the ad set level. Okay. So I have a campaign. The campaign is being optimized for the conversion objective, the purchase objective specifically. So I've optimized the campaign for conversions on the ad set level. I have set my budget and I've set the optimization objective to be purchase conversions, not add to carts, specifically purchases. I have my audience. I'm targeting women in the United States over 50. I'm letting it run on automatic placements. And then within that ad set, I have five different ads that are all different front end ad units. So a video ad, an image ad, a traditional carousel, a collection ad format, and one other ad. And every one of those ad formats is loading the same instant experience. And I am letting Facebook determine the impression share of all those ads, but they're all getting not equal, but it's pretty good impression share. And then I'm just kind of turning off the ones that aren't performing as well. That's how I'm doing it. Okay. That's really helpful. Love that. So this is part of a larger conversation, which we had before we hit record. We actually talked for quite some time prior to recording here today, but we also have noticed a trend and you had said this as well. And we've actually seen this firsthand, but also just got this from Facebook a couple of weeks ago. We were in Austin where they were talking to us because obviously we spend a fair amount. You guys spend a fair amount every single month 
on Facebook. What are the large ad buyers doing on Facebook, particularly in the e-commerce space? And we came away with a lot of notes on that, but one of the ones that stuck with us all here at Tier 11, especially, it's more work, is that the big buyers are swapping out their creatives so frequently, like once every one to two weeks. Dude, we're swapping ours out every four days. Yeah. Because I feel like I know every level of the campaign is important and you really got to optimize at every level. But boy, is awareness ever the most important pillar? Because (laughs) if you don't have awareness working, nothing else works. Yeah, exactly. And so our attention is really on like keeping our awareness campaigns performing in the CPA range that we feel comfortable with. And we are literally having to change our video ads every four days days. Now, there are similar iterations, but by the way, if you want to know our big winning creative strategy right now is compelling customer testimonial that's like five to 10 seconds followed by one minute or let's say 45 seconds of product demonstration slash ownership benefit and then followed by another customer testimonial. One minute video or one minute and 30 second video where it's like testimonial demonstration slash ownership benefit of the product testimonial. That particular video story arc is working really well. And so, in these, and boy, I wish I could show you some images of this, but I can't. I'll take some screenshots of it. But like, we will literally just swap out the headline on one of those videos. And that will make a difference, right? We edit in headlines on our videos. So we take a rectangle video, we make it a square in our video editor, and we actually stick an additional headline on top of the video, if that makes sense. Have you seen that before? Oh, yeah. So we will swap out that headline. And that'll be a way we'll change creative. Or we'll swap out the opening testimonial. And that'll be a way we're changing creative. And just those small iterations make a significant difference. Yeah. Now, are you doing it before your CPAs rise in anticipation of? Well, no, we're watching them, you know. So for us, like our CPAs will hold for like four days at a small budget, small budget for us being like, let's say four grand a day. And if we start to pump that up towards like five, six, 10 grand a day, then it won't hold anymore. And we'll have to swap that creative. It seems we can run a piece of creative at like a smaller budget for us for a longer period of time, like one to two weeks. But if we want to get it to what we want to be spending on awareness, which is more the 10 to 15K a day. And look, my business is much different. It's eight years old. We've been advertising it on Facebook since, you know, 2011. Like it's in a different spot than a lot of people listening. And so I wouldn't recommend necessarily copying our structure, but for us, we are needing to be much more iterative because our target demographic has seen us so much. Right. Absolutely. Well, I think that the takeaway there is, I mean, if you are at a higher spend, we we certainly see this frequently. Like every four days is fast. That's a lot of turnaround on creative. (laughs) But a lot of times it's just, you know, what we refer to, I know you do the same thing, especially inside Boom, is just take the same video and just recycle it and just do something different to it, either shorten it up or edit it front to back or, you know, put some new headline in it. It doesn't necessarily have to be like go out and do a brand new video shoot or do like a whole other, you know, photography shoot. You can recycle the stuff that you already have. And then Facebook does take that as fresh. And then you will see those CPAs go down. I mean, I typically for us, it's every couple of weeks, but you know, every four days, I like that even more. Now, if you're brand new and you're only spending, you know, a thousand dollars a month and maybe a hundred dollars a day, you probably don't need to swap out your creative every four days like Ezra here. So just yeah, that, that is a frame of reference. You know, the days of having one ad, one video ad, and then just running it for three years <laughs> and never changing it, those days have gone the way of the dodo bird. 
So there is no way that you can do that now, unless you're spending $1 a day, I suppose. But spending a little bit more than that. And especially, it's not only changing the creative, but Facebook only wants to show the same ad to the same person a certain amount of times a day or a week or a month. So you're also just giving yourself more opportunity to be seen, which is great when you're spending, you know, that amount per day for sure. And it totally makes sense the way that Facebook has changed in the last three to six months. And you know they're trying to do everything they possibly can to maintain a high level of user experience. Because if people start vacating this platform, guys, and you know we as advertisers don't do our job with putting together good ads that are relevant to the audiences that we're targeting, Facebook ain't going to be around for much longer because that user base will go elsewhere to the next social platform. So they're smart in understanding that. And I think it's really being reflected now, especially in high volume advertisers or just advertisers in general, making your ads and making your creatives as dynamic as possible, swapping them out, giving a new user experience, figuring out different ways to hook them in to engage with your product or service. And that way we all win. So as man, this has been awesome stuff here today. Really appreciate you uh, lending your insights, cutting edge insights. I like, you know, listen, and this is one of those things where it's like, this is just the beginning of the instant experience format slash like strategy. And if it's not working right out of the gates for you, like give it time, iterate, play with it, keep a small amount of your budget, leveraging this particular ad unit, even if it's only 3%, because it's going to become more popular. It's going to get more sophisticated. The retargeting capabilities within it will get more sophisticated. For example, I imagine that at some point we will be able to retarget people based on how much video they've consumed within an instant experience. We'll be able to retarget people based on how much time they've spent with an instant experience. We can already retarget based on whether or not they opened it slash clicked it. So that's that already exists and that's really cool. And if you're going to set up an instant experience, don't forget to set up the retargeting of the people who opened slash clicked the instant experience and did do it differently. Like someone who opened, you might want to target differently than someone who clicked the instant experience and went over to your landing page, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, without a doubt. And I have a feeling Ezra might be back here a fourth and a fifth and a sixth time, Molly. <laughs> yes. Bringing yes. This kind Rec- of recurring guest. It's going to be a recurring event on our calendars. Put I think next in. time you might talk about holiday stuff, right, Ezra? Dude, we got some fun stuff going on for our Black Friday, Cyber Monday slash holiday sale. And I think Woo. that like, one of the things just to, you know, just to drop a little bit of open loop slash anticipation for that is that this five-day period between Thanksgiving, which is really when it starts now, it starts actually on Thanksgiving. Last year, Adobe Analytics reported that American consumers spent $19.62 billion online over that five-day period starting on Thanksgiving and ending on Cyber Monday. And that's going to be up 15% this year. So in that five-day period, it will be the most consumer traffic ever in the history of commerce happening. And so at the very least, you want to have some ads live. Ideally, you're kind of warming up some audiences that you can then retarget during that period. So you're like warming up audiences now that you can follow up during that period. And the spending cycle doesn't end until December 31st. So you have a real big opportunity. It'll be the most traffic at the intersection and you just want to scoop up a little bit of it, right? So that mm-hmm. it's pretty exciting and it's going to be the biggest opportunity that people who sell products online have ever had from the standpoint of shoppers being at the market. It's amazing how stuff has changed in the last 10 years. I mean, it's like, oh my God, those numbers are staggering. You want wow. to hear something else crazy? Is that yeah. 58 million people in America chose to do their shopping online only last year versus 51 million at physical stores only and about 54 million who did both, oh my God. Um, which is pretty crazy. So like 
basically a third of American consumers did their shopping only online. I'm raising my hand. That's yeah, what I me did too. <laughs> and, and that's only going to rise. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's insane. I mean, it's, it's mind boggling, frankly, considering that like that's a third within, you know, seven years or something. Right. It's like, whoa. You big, need to be out big. there doing it. Out yeah. there doing it. Team well, traffic, baby. Team traffic. <laughs> team traffic. Well, I guess we're going to have to have you on sooner rather than later because Black Friday is coming up. Yeah, let's get it going next week or something. Two we make it happen. Sounds good. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Perpetual Traffic. We have a lot of resources that we're going to be putting in the show notes, I have a feeling here. So you get those resources at Perpetual Traffic at digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. This has been episode 174 with the Ezra Firestone. And so happy to have you on this week and look forward to the next episode where we'll be talking holiday traffic and dropping some knowledge bombs there too. Yes. Thank you so much for having me Thanks, Ez. See you. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.